This is a podcast by Wellhouse Church, where we take a closer look and dig a little deeper into this week's sermon. What's going on, Bible nerds? We're continuing our conversation in Acts, and we're going to talk about Paul being on a boat today. Paul on a boat, y'all. Um, honestly, if you were just, you know, going to be, like if I was a normal preacher, I'd roll up. To Acts chapter 27, and until verse 13, there ain't really much preacher talk there. Yeah. It's like, Paul did this. He sold here. There were some people with him. We go down this coastline to this place. There was this person on this boat. Like, it's great for nerds like me that are trying to put together Paul's life and those kinds of things. But as far as, like, looking to preach something, there's not really anything there. There's yeah. very little there. But I'm going to remind everyone that the book of Acts is a story. Mm-hmm. It's a story of the Acts of the Apostles, of which the second half of the story focuses almost entirely on Paul. Yeah. Um, and... In that story, since chapter the halfway through 21, and we're in 27 now. Yeah. We're following Paul's journey on trial. Yeah. It is very much so what I would call a mirrored trial story, that of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's different. It is parallel storytelling. It's not meant to be identical, but I think Luke is telling the story in such a way that he is drawing out parallels for us. Yeah. Um, because they are very similar stories. Paul is in handcuffs in custody for many years because the Jews have brought false charges against him. Mm hmm. The same thing they did against Jesus. Mm -hmm. They are now seeking permission from the Roman government to kill Paul. Sure. Just like they had to do for Jesus. There's absolutely parallel storytelling here. But Paul goes on this journey of being on trial before the tribune and then going to the governor and... First, he goes to Governor Festus, and he has a trial before Festus, and Festus decides to keep him in custody for multiple years to treat him as a political pawn with the Jews, who are a powerhouse that the, that the politicians need to have on their side for just peace, right? Mm-hmm. So Festus uses him as a pawn, and then this new, um, or sorry, Felix, and then this new governor comes in, Festus, and Festus doesn't know what to do with him, So then Festus has this trial with him, and he asks, do you want to go back to Jerusalem and have this trial before me? Mm -hmm. And he says no, because the Jews are trying to kill him. Sure. That has literally been their goal, is to kill him. 
And so Paul says, no, I want to go to the emperor. Paul, as a Roman citizen, has that right to invoke that and have a trial before the emperor. And so Festus goes, oh my gosh, what's this guy doing, right? Now I got to put this guy on a boat, like, golly. So he's not sure. So he calls his homeboy King Agrippa is in town. And so they do like a wise counsel thing. And Paul tells, this is chapter 26, Paul tells one of the most beautiful stories of his life. Mm-hmm. And that story is so mind-blowing to Festus that he interrupts Paul. He's like, Paul, you have lost your mind. Too much learning has driven you insane. Yeah. Clayton thought that line was funny that last was week. Funny. If you if you didn't catch that reference, that go funny. watch last week's episode. Yeah. But anyways, he has lost... Festus thinks too much learning has made this man lose his mind. He has literally filled his brain with so much information that he has lost his mind. At the end of the whole thing, King Agrippa and Festus have a conversation in which it becomes clear that there is absolutely no reason that the Jews should be doing any of this. Mm-hmm. And yet Paul finds himself in handcuffs because of the Jews. And now he's on a boat. Yeah. Headed to the emperor, which is where, Clayton? In Rome. Rome. So Paul's on a boat headed to Rome. And the first part of chapter 27 tells a little bit of a story about Paul being on a boat. But here's what you have to understand. Before I tell you why it's a big deal that Paul is on a boat, Because the ancient Jews, Paul's an ancient Jew, the ancient Jews don't like the sea. The way it is used in spiritual allegory, in storytelling, in metaphor, even in biblical poetry. Water represents chaos. Water represents chaos. Water represents the unknown. Water represents all kinds of evil. Water houses Leviathan. Yeah, remember which, yeah. Uh, the in the creation story, Genesis 1, water and darkness covered the earth. Yeah, 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 yeah. Water and darkness go hand in hand because it's dark deep yeah. down, deep out. Um, so, yes, they historically are deeply afraid of water. They don't like to sail. This is why they partner with the Phoenicians um, under Solomon's kingdom. Uh, yeah, it, it's not something that they're... They're not crazy about it. Nah, they're not trying to live that life. Um, and... Not to mention seasickness. Yeah. I've never gotten seasick, but Clayton, I believe you have. Yeah, a few times. <laughs> yeah, okay. You want- it's, not, it's not a fun thing. Um, <laughs> yeah, you want to tell some people about your seasickness? I don't think they want to hear about my seasickness. <laughs> uh, were they always on a fishing boat? Um, once on a diving boat. Once on a diving boat. Oh, and then once whenever I went on that cruise. So... Diving boat. Mm-hmm. Tell me about that. What? How big is that boat? Uh, 
not much about the size of like a fishing boat. It okay. depends on how big the um how big the group you're taking out is really. Okay. Well, um Paul's not on a very big boat, but he's like a deep sea fishing boat. Mm. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, essentially. Paul's on a large deep sea fishing boat. Yeah. But remember, it's made out of woods. Like yep. it's made out of wood, it's made out of lumber. Um, it's not a very fun journey to travel by sea in the ancient world. No. Now remember, they can't fly anywhere. So if you've got to cross land, like if you've got to cross waters, this is the only way. Yeah. So they do it, but Paul has endured a lot of hardships in his life. And some of them for being a Christian. Mm-hmm. And Paul writes about this struggle in 2 Corinthians. I'm going to read this for you real quick. Paul gives what's considered like a, an affi- afflictions list. Like all mm-hmm. the bad things that have happened to him on account of being a Christian. Sure. Are they ministers of Christ? He's asking about some fools. That's what he calls them in verse 16. This is in 2 Corinthians 11. He says, Are they ministers of Christ? I am talking like a madman. I am a better one. With far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless floggings, and often near death. Five times... I have received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I received a stoning. Three, te- three times I was shipwrecked. For a night and a day, I was adrift at sea. On frequent journeys, in danger from rivers, from in danger from bandits, danger from my own people, danger from Gentiles, danger in the city, danger in the wilderness, danger at sea, danger from false brothers and sisters, in toil and hardship through many sleepless nights, hungry and thirsty, often without food, cold and naked. Now that's a lot, and Paul's including that in another conversation, which I don't have time to explain to you why he is telling you that. But what I wanted you to see is that as Paul is listing out some of his worst memories as a Christian, like some of the things that have been hardest for him as a human to deal with, yeah, many of them revolve around the sea. Many of them revolve around water, around shipwreck, around all of the chaos that comes with that because it was very, very dangerous. Mm-hmm. To travel by sea in the ancient world. Yeah. And so Paul had an opportunity to go on a short trip back to Jerusalem or on a long trip to Rome. Yeah. And he chose to go this way because, once again, the place where he should be pursuing sanctuary, his church, yeah. is the one trying to kill him. Right. So he has to go farther away from them into Rome to uncharted, like, Jewish territory, right? Not uncharted, but, you know, very far away from Jerusalem. Mm. And he's headed out. And I think it's a metaphor. I think it's a continuation of the storytelling of the message to the Gentiles. Mm -hmm. Um, 
that this is continuing to go on and on um, and that God is somehow at work. But I need you to hear that Paul is about to go on a very high anxiety ridden journey, that this is not done lightly. Paul is being Paul's life is being pursued to be taken by his church and he's having to be in prison with his government for safety until they can figure out what they're going to do with him. Yeah. And now he's got to do something that is very dangerous and highly, highly um, problematic for his tradition and heritage. Sure. And so this is what the text says. Acts 27.1, when it was decided that we were to sail for Italy, they transferred Paul and some other prisoners to a centurion of the Augustan cohort named Julius, embarking on a ship of Adoratimus, Adoramitium, dang, that is a strange word, mm. embarking on a ship of Adramitium that was about to set sail to the ports along the coast of Asia, we put to sea accompanied by Aristarchus, a Macedonian from Thessalonica. The next day we put in at Sidon and Julius treated Paul kindly and allowed him to go to his friends to be cared for. As they go on these journeys, they're making pit stops, right? Mm -hmm. They pit. They make this pit stop here in Sidon. And Luke lets it be known that he gets to go and be cared for by his friends. Mm -hmm. Paul's church the institution of the Jewish faith, tradition, people, nation. They are pursuing Paul's life. Yeah. Paul continues to consider himself a part of them, that even the Christians, even the Gentiles are a part of them. They had God-fearers in their tradition at this point. Like God-fearers are Gentile people who want to live according to the Jewish culture. This was not that hard, but the way in which Paul was doing this made them want to end his life. Mm -hmm. And so in the midst of all of this and all of this anxiety and all of this unknown about what's going to happen to his life, because make no mistake he feels safer with the government, but they're holding him trying to decide whether or not they're going to kill him, the Jews are going to kill him, or he's going to go free. Yeah. These people have no problem taking his life, so Paul is not safe. And Luke makes a point to note that in Sidon, Paul got to be cared for by his friends. Yeah. Why do you think Luke would make that note? In all of what we've been learning, like in all of what he's been telling us, why would Luke drop that for us? Because it's important. Yeah. To like, 
let your friends take care of you? I think it's revealing of two things. Number one, that any human, every human, mm-hmm. even a human that we're supposed to look up to, yeah, needs to be cared for. Absolutely. Um, and so I think part of that is that if you need to be cared for, you have to let yourself be cared for. Sure. I'm guilty of this. I rarely let anyone care for me. Um, every person needs to be cared for. Yeah. If Paul needed to be cared for, we need to be cared for. Hell, Jesus needed to be cared for. Yep. My favorite verses in the Bible, Jesus wept. Mm-hmm. Jesus needed to be cared for. One of my favorite prayers in the Bible, Garden of Gethsemane. Mm-hmm. night before his trial and crucifixion. Jesus needed to be cared for. Every human has to be cared for. Yeah. This world is hard. And the other thing I think this verse tells us is that care has to be administered in community. Yeah. You need people to care for you. Um, care is a human-to-human interaction. And so this is why community is so important. This is why Wellhouse Church exists and the model that it does is because it's designed to promote community and life together. Care is done with people. And this is why it's so dangerous when people isolate. Have to be cared for and let yourself be cared for. Verse 4. Putting out to sea from there, we sailed under the lee of Cyprus because the winds were against us. After we had sailed across the sea that is off Cilicia and Pamphyla, we came to Myra in Lycia. There the centurion found an Alexandrian ship bound for Italy and put us on board. We sailed slowly for a number of days and arrived with difficulty off Snidus. And as the wind was against us, we sailed under the lee of Crete off Salmon. Sailing past it with difficulty, we came to a place called Fair Havens near the city of Lycia. Clayton, did you notice anything different about that paragraph? Um, just that um, it's a list of where they've stopped. Well, that's what it was leading up to before. Mm-hmm. But we saw two changes. We've made it halfway through this section of Paul sailing. Mm-hmm. We've now seen the word difficulty multiple times. Yep. That this is getting hard. And we've got in verse 7 that we sailed slowly. Mm. we've got verse 4 that the winds were against us Um, we've got verse 7 that we arrived with difficulty that the winds were against us verse 8 sailing past it with difficulty things are getting hard yeah Um, we also had a pronoun change To we. To we. Yeah, that happened in verse 1. I thought that was strange. Um, yes. Yes, yeah, you're right. It did happen in verse 1. Um, 
What do you think about that? I mean, it, it be, yeah, it becomes very clear and apparent that when is, you get into the middle of this. Yeah. But, yeah. Luke is around for this. Luke, Luke is, is Luke is traveling alongside Paul. Yeah. Luke is Luke is a firsthand witness to this as he's recording it. Um And so that means that that care element of Paul being with people, with his friends, with his coworkers, with his companions, mm-hmm. Paul at the very least had Luke with him. And at every turn, when they get the opportunity, they try to get Paul more community. Yeah. Because I do think care happens in community. Absolutely. And we all need care. Verse 9. Since much time had been lost and sailing was now dangerous, because even the fast had already gone by, Paul advised them, saying, Sirs, I can see that the voyage will be with danger and much heavy loss, not only of the cargo and the ship, but also of our lives. I have told you all that through this journey... This is a conversation of faith mm-hmm. that Paul finds himself having to live a life of faith where you literally, your life is not your own and you are living on faith that God is intervening and working for you and for your good. And I have told you that the way in which the way that you do that is that having faith in moments of uncertainty is doing the hard work of finding faith in moments of certainty. Sure. Um, having faith in the moment of uncertainty is only easy when you've done the hard work of building that faith in moments of certainty. Paul is living in a moment of uncertainty, and his life is not his own, and he's trying to be killed by the Jews. The Romans are trying to decide if they're going to kill him or not. And now he's on a boat trying to pursue his freedom, trying to pursue liberation. And he's now possibly about to lose his life because of travel. Something that he, a Jewish man, is deeply, deeply afraid of. About to lose his life by the sea. Yeah. So he pleads. He asks for assistance. Like, hey, yo, can we take a hot minute? This is the response he gives. But the centurion paid more attention to the pilot and to the owner of the ship than to what Paul said. What did the centurion pay attention to? Um, to the people of power. To money. Well, yeah. The owner of the ship, the pilot, all the things that cost money. Unfortunately, that is the product of a broken world, is that money will always make the world go round. Money and power will always make the world go round. And they will oppress people in pursuit of it. Yeah. Since the harbor was not suitable for spending the winter, the majority was in favor of putting to sea from there on the chance that somehow they could reach Phoenix, where they could spend the winter. It was a harbor of Crete, facing southwest and northwest. 
And so they set sail. And Paul, like most of us, I think, if we were honest with ourselves, finds himself in a position where he lives with unbelievable anxiety. Mm -hmm. And we see what happens next week. <laughs>